Thanks for listening to the Faith Assembly of God podcast. Please join us at 9 11 a.m. at the main campus and 11 a.m. at the Monk's Corner, Remount, and North Charleston campuses. Thank you for listening. We hope that God blesses you through doing so. We could not do it without mothers. And uh, it's your special day today. Men, be nice to your mothers and uh, treat them well today as uh, Mother's Day is here. Take your Bibles out, turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, and let's stand together for the reading of God's Word this morning. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse number 7. We have been in a series, The Genius of Generosity. And I think there's probably no better example of just flat-out generosity of time, talents, resources, and every other way than mothers. Mothers are givers. They give of themselves. They, They love. They give extra love and support and nurture and care and all those things. We need to make it and we need to survive. And so, uh, there's nobody probably, uh, more exemplifies generosity than mothers today. And so we're going to look at that from God's word and uh, we're going to look at the power of a mother's generosity. And let's read together, look at uh, 2 Corinthians 4 and verse number 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels. Everybody say treasure. No one can say it quite like I can. I I get a lot of flack for the way I say treasure. But anyway, it must be a northern thing. We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellence of the power may be of God and not of us. Father, today I pray that as we open up your word, you'll open up our hearts. I pray that there will be an anointing of your Holy Spirit, mighty God, to say what you once said. I pray, God, you'll open up the word in a new and fresh way, and I pray you'll challenge each one of us here today to be that treasure that you have called us to be for our families and our sphere of influence and wherever you call us to. And we'll praise you and we'll love you and we'll ask it all in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I know this this passage, as you read the context, is talking about the treasure that God has placed within every single one of us of the gift of God. It is the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ in our life. It is the presence of God's love in our life. It is God's call upon us. The fact that God would take vessels that are marred, vessels that are, uh, that are broken and cracked and messed up, uh, and yet God loves us so very, very much. He takes his deposit, his treasure, the presence of the Holy Spirit, uh, and puts it in our heart and our lives. Uh, that's an incredible treasure we have today. The presence of God, that treasure that we have in this clay pots or earthen vessel. But I believe there's a, there's a treasure that God has deposited within the heart of every single mother and mom that is here today. And that is a treasure that God wants to use in your life to enrich those and change the lives of people around you. You're a treasure to your kids. You're the one who's going to show them and and lead them the way. And and so you're an incredible treasure from God to everyone who is around you. And, and, And with that package of mother, with the package of mom, comes all those intangible, mysterious, hard to define things that, that have a power, powerful effect on our lives. That treasure that we have. How many remember that when, when your kids are small and, and they have that fever and mom comes along and puts their hand on your head. You didn't need a thermometer back then. 
Who needed thermometers? All you needed was mom's hand on that brow. She could tell you exactly if you were sick or not, uh, what was going on, and, and just was right there to soothe and comfort like no one else could. Or if, you've, if you were at sleep at night and you had a nightmare and you woke up and you were screaming, dad's just sleeping right on through it, snoring away, and mom comes in and she picks you up in her arms. Moms are light sleepers. They're, they're made by God that way because they had to always get up and take care of the kids for, for the fathers who slept right through it. And you pick up that child and you hold them and you reassure them that mommy's here. It's okay. Nothing to be afraid of. Nothing to worry about. Mom's right here. Uh, those powerful words of encouragement that mom can give. She's always saying, you can do it, son. You're going to be the greatest son. You're going to be the greatest daughter. You can do it. And they affirm you and they, they give you courage in those times when you're unsure of yourself. How about those persuasive speeches that, that mom could give that could change your attitude or change your direction in a moment's time? I remember when I was getting a little bit older and I thought I was uh, pretty much something back then. And, and uh, there was a big party in our high school and it wasn't going to be a Christian party. It was a party at school. And I got tired of hanging home on Friday nights by myself. And, and, uh, and so I wanted to go just to go and be there. Of course, I wasn't going to drink and do all those other kind of things. And so I went in and asked mom. I said, mom, I want to go to this party, take the car. I'll be out. I don't want to be back. And, you know, mom looked at me and she said, well, I guess you're old enough to begin to make your own decisions. I thought, that, well, you're right. You're definitely right about that. She said, you can go to that party, but I'm going to pray that you have a lousy time. And the whole time you're gone, I'm going to be praying. I said, I didn't go. I had no sense in going. <laughs> no sense in even trying to get there. It just wouldn't work at all. And I would have had, I'm sure, a lousy time. Mothers. There's just a special giftedness and treasure that comes in that package called mom. And those comforting kisses that mom can give when life is uncertain and life is shaking as she comes up and kisses you on the cheek and looks after you. The awesomeness of her presence. Especially when, when courage is running low or when things aren't going right. Just mom being there. Uh, take a look at this clip from the movie The Blind Side. Holding. Left tackle. Michael, come on. Would you look at me, son? If you grab him outside here like this with that horse collar thing you just did, you're going to get flagged. All right, let's go. Baby, wash my stuff, all right? Well, at least it'll look good coming off the bus. I'll be terrified till they realize he's a marshmallow. Looks like Tarzan plays like Jane. Give me a minute, Bert. We're in the middle of practice, Leanne. You can thank me later. Come on. Michael, do you remember when we first met and we went to that horrible part of town to buy you those dreadful clothes? And I was a little bit scared and you told me not to worry about it because you had my back. Do you remember that? Yes, ma'am. And if anyone tried to get to me, you would have stopped them, right? And when you and S.J. were in that car wreck, what did you do to the airbag? Stopped it. You stopped it. You stopped it. This team is your family, Michael. You have to protect them from those guys. Okay? Listen. Okay. Tony here is your quarterback, all right? You protect his blind side. When you look at him, you think of me, how you have my back, how you have his. Okay? All right, Tony, go back. 
Oompa Loompa here is your tailback. When you look at him, you think of SJ and how you've never let anyone or anything hurt him. You understand me? All right. Go back. Got it? What about Collins and Mr. Two? Fine. They can be on the team, too. Are you going to protect the family, Michael? Yes, ma'am. Good boy. Now go have some fun. Yelling at him doesn't work, Bert. Doesn't trust men. His experience, they pretend to care about you till they disappear. It's an amazing movie about a mother who adopts a boy out of the inner city. And now he's playing professional football, I think, for the Baltimore uh, Ravens. And so uh, a lineman for the Ravens today. So it's an incredible uh, what a mother's presence can do. The transforming presence and power of a mother who is there when the setbacks come, when the, when the disappointments come, when those trials come our way. Mom is always going to be there. What a special, unique treasure we call mom and and as we look in the word of god you're going to find some very special treasures in the word of god that describe some very unique mothers and and each one of these mothers as you look at their life you begin to see how they overcame obstacles uh, to just really change their world and change their kids and and everything around them and so let's look at just a few incredible mother probably one of the greatest mothers you've ever thought about is mary mary uh, an incredible mother. Uh, she overcame ridicule and scorn because she is a young teenager. She finds herself pregnant. She could have been rejected by her, her whole village. She may well have been. Uh, uh, her fiance could have divorced her and put her away or even had her executed. And so she overcomes all these fears to do the will of God. Uh, look, if you would, at Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1 and look at verse 38. You have this scene here, and Mary discovers she's pregnant, and uh, the angel has appeared to her, and finally she comes down to this conclusion at the end. Then Mary said, Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. You see, she chose to deny herself. She chose to risk her very reputation. She was giving it all up, uh, laying it all on line to obey God's will. Obeying God's will in her life, Obeying God's call in her life was more important than anything else. Uh, and so she gave herself to God's perfect will. And she would spend the rest of her life protecting and guarding over that precious tra- treasure that Jesus Christ gave her, the Lord Jesus Christ. And you see very early in Jesus' life when he is still just an infant, the, the warning comes from an angel of the Lord uh, that you better flee and get out of here. All the babies are about to be executed. Uh, and so she takes off with Joseph uh, and they flee to Egypt to protect their son, to guard their son, uh, and literally saves Jesus Christ's life. It's interesting, but 33 years later, when Jesus Christ is hanging on the cross, That's one time mother couldn't step in and save his life. It's one time she couldn't come in and intervene. But when Jesus Christ hung on the cross, he was literally dying to save Mary's life and every single one of us who will believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. What an incredible mother Mary was. You know, the last time we see Joseph ever mentioned is when Jesus Christ is 12 years of age. By the time Jesus Christ is 30 and launches his ministry, there is no mention at all for those next three years of his father, Joseph. 
So sometime, most scholars believe that he probably died sometimes between the age of 12 and between the age of 30 in the life of Jesus Christ and may have died very young in Jesus' life. And so we see that for a time, Mary is a single mother, and yet she is led and guided by God, and she leads Jesus Christ, uh, and of course, he is the Savior of the world. The special treasure of Mary touched the life of Jesus, and because Mary's treasure touched Jesus' life, it touches every single one of our lives today. What an incredible mother. And then you go back to the Old Testament, go back to the book of Ruth. You see another powerful example of a mother who overcame obstacles. As you look at Ruth's life, she is a foreigner. She is a widow. Her husband has passed away. She is going to be all by herself. And and she makes a commitment. She chooses to put the needs of her mother-in-law, Naomi, above her own needs. And you have this powerful passage in Ruth chapter 1 and verse 15. But Ruth said, entreat me not to leave you or to turn back from following after you. For wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you lodge, I will lodge. I, your people shall be my people and your God my God. When you die, where you die, I will die and there I will be buried. The Lord do to me, do so to me and more so if anything but death parts you and me. You see, Naomi says, go back home. Go back to your people. Leave me alone. You got, you're young. You can still have a husband. You can still marry again. Uh, you don't have to stay with me. But she says, I will never leave you. I'm going to stay right by your side. And so she puts aside her own interest, which would have been just to go find another man. She puts aside her own interest to stay with Naomi. And because of her faithfulness, because of her selfless devotion to Naomi, God brings in his time another man into his life, a man by the name of Boaz. Boaz, who would bless her greatly, who would begin to take care of her once again and would give her a son, and the son would be the grandfather of King David. And so Ruth was the lady that was used to not only change her mother-in-law, but the entire nation of Israel. What a treasure. What a selfless gift of love poured out. Led to the birth of the greatest king ever. Jump back to the end of Ruth chapter 4. And you see uh, the conclusion of the story. Verse number 13. And so Boaz took Ruth. She became his wife. And when he went into her, the Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the woman said to Naomi, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a near kinsman. And may the name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher in your old age. Talking now to Naomi in her old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you is better to you than seven sons has borne him. Incredible mother. Incredible treasure that God would use. And then, then you think of another mother in the Old Testament going further back. You go back to Moses' mother. Not much is said of her name, except later we learn her name is Jochebed. And uh, she's a lady who overcame incredible obstacles of cruel uh, terrorism in the land of Egypt. Pharaoh has an edict. He's going to kill all the sons that are born, uh, the young baby males that are born. Turn to Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 23. You see kind of a one-verse synopsis of what Jochebed did. 
By faith, Moses, when he was born, was hidden three months by his parents because they saw he was a beautiful child and they were not afraid of the king's command. Can you imagine that? Jochebed risked her life, the life of her husband. If they had been caught with this baby, they would have been executed and killed on the spot. But she gave her life for her son. Her son was more important than herself. And she overcomes this obstacle of terrorism and and her bold, courageous decision to save the life of Moses when maybe all the other mothers would have said, you know what, I can't do anything about it. Here, take my baby, take my son, take my child. And, and, And she saves her baby's life, puts him in a reed, sends him down the river. And not only that, but she makes her way down to Pharaoh's palace and would become the nanny of her very own baby. And in the middle of the opulence of the palace, because of the faith of Jochebed, because of her faith and trust and belief in God, even in the midst of that pagan environment, Moses would grow up to be a mighty deliverer for the nation of Israel. He would be one who would be called a friend of God. Where did Moses learn all that stuff? From mom. She releases the treasure in spite of the obstacle. And God uses her. To, to, to change not only her son, but once again, the entire nation of Israel. Listen, when a mom pours out her special God-given treasure, amazing things can happen. And you, every single mother who is in here today, uh, has that treasure within themselves. Uh, if you know the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it is not of us. It is he who dwells in us. Uh, and so we have this treasure in earth and vessel. And God says, let it out. Uh, let that light shine to change those around you. Especially your very own children. Uh, stepmothers. We got, a, we got a lot of stepmothers in the house today. You have some unique challenges that, that are, are, are different maybe than a natural mother would be because you now have children uh, who you did not give birth to uh, and yet you can move in and you can also be a powerful influence in their life. The story is told of Sarah Lincoln. And Abraham Lincoln's father had uh, moved around. He had first lived in uh, Kentucky. Then he moved to Indiana. He moved around in Kentucky, Indiana for a while. And can you imagine moving back in those days? They had the stage coaches and they had to move all their stuff. And, uh, and then they had to clear the land and build their houses. You think you've got it tough? Can you imagine what it was like in that day and age? Uh, Abe's father was a man with a life story of hardship. Struggle. He was a very rough man, had a very rough exterior. There wasn't really a, a soft side to Abraham Lincoln's father. When Abraham was nine years old, his mother passed away. And now he's left without his mother and his, the heart of the family is gone. And the one who loved his son so much is gone. And now it's just uh, Abe and his dad and his other brothers. Abe's father left the children for nearly a year with other family members and returned to Kentucky because he was going to find a wife. And when he got down there, he met Sarah Bush Johnson. And Sarah Bush Johnson had three of her own kids. Abraham's father had three kids as well. And so you have a blended family. And now you have six kids in the same household, all being raised up. She found Abraham and her siblings a mess. They were dirty They were uh, poorly mannered. They were emotionally upset and distressed. And so 
Sarah comes in and she begins the healing process of healing this very dysfunctional family. And Abe grew as he's growing up now, nine years old, starting out with a brand new mother. As he is growing up, he becomes more and more distanced from his gruff, rough father and becomes more attracted to his mother and her love and her gentleness and her spirit. And it's Sarah who encouraged him to read and to learn and to apply himself. And the father would say, that's a waste of time. What does he need those books for? Why read? Why study? Why do any of that kind of stuff? It's just all a waste of time. But Sarah saw his interest and began to develop those and began to develop those, uh, those abilities and fan the flame of, of a thirst for knowledge in Abe's life very early in life. Without her in his life, loving him, encouraging him, nurturing his love for education, uh, buffering him in those conflicts with that very rough father, you would have never heard of Abraham Lincoln. He would have been just some other man in history. But Sarah Lincoln poured out the special treasure, and because of that, Abraham becomes a very uh, educated man, uh, and he would literally change and shape our nation. Now, I want to tell you, you may be a step-parent here today, but you have an incredible role to play in the lives of every single one of your children. She got to know each one of her stepchildren. She sought to encourage them and lift them up according to their interests. Later, Abe would write about his stepmother. God bless my mother. All that I am or ever hope to be, I owe to her. Listen, ladies, you've got an incredible treasure inside of you. And so I want to talk to you this morning about releasing that treasure. In spite of the difficulties, in spite of the obstacles, uh, how do we release that treasure? Now, first of all, we've got to throw off that conventional wisdom uh, that says a woman's worth is defined by her career or her educational accomplishments. I want to tell you, those things are important, uh, but that is not the only defining marks of a lady or a mother. You've got to reject the attitude that glorifies putting yourself first above everything else. Uh, you watch it on television. You'll see the self-help books. Uh, they'll tell you, Mom, think of yourself first and you're number one. Uh, and we kind of lose the whole idea of that treasure that's inside of you, releasing that and letting that go. Uh, and you become so absorbed in your own self-interest. Uh, and yet the thing that makes mothers unique is they are selfless. Uh, and they give themselves away. And they're generous with their time uh, and their energies uh, and their love. Uh, and it's not just about themselves if you're looking for role models models for mothers today don't look on television the reality shows are not great role models for christian greatness throw off those notions god has called every mother to be a light to this world with that great treasure he's placed inside of you that special touch that only a mother can give only a a woman can add. Ladies, you've got a wealth of experience. Uh, uh, the struggles you've overcome through life, you can use that to help others and strengthen your own children. Uh, God's given, the Bible says God has given every single child of God special, unique spiritual gifts. And so you have got spiritual gifts that he has placed and given you. Uh, those are to be released and used for his glory and honor. Your talents and your abilities all for the glory of God. Your testimony, uh, the story of God and how he changed you and how he transformed your life. Uh, God can use that story again and again and again. 
God wants you to release that treasure inside of you. Turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4 again. This time I want us to look at verse number 1. And this is where he begins talking about the treasure that we have inside of us. Therefore, since we have this ministry, you could insert the word treasure there just as easily and, and do no disharm to the scriptures. Therefore, since we have this ministry, as we have received mercy, we do not lose heart. Don't give up, ladies. You've got a special treasure inside of you, in your clay pot, in your earthen vessel. Don't hold back. Therefore, we do not lose heart. We don't give up. We don't hold back, but we release that treasure. I want to give you three very practical things this morning to jot down. Go to 2 Corinthians chapter 2, uh, chapter 1, excuse me, and uh, look at verse number 3. Ladies, if you're going to release that treasure, you've got to rise above your wounds to heal others. So many women are locked down, locked in because they've been hurt. They've been wounded. They don't know how to get over that. They don't know how to show love because it was never shown to them. But look what the word of God says in verses 3 and 4. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our tribulation. And then look what he says. That we may be able to comfort those who are in any trouble with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. I want to challenge you ladies today to rise above your wounds to bring healing to others. You know, we, we tend to think that when we're wounded or when we're hurt, it makes us damaged goods. That because our vessel's cracked, because it's marred, because it's messed up, God can't use us. But the reality is simply this. And, and if you remember when Dave Reaver was here, he talked about the scars and how God can use your scars to minister to other people. And if you've been wounded or hurt along the way, those cracks only simply amplify the grace of Almighty God in our life. You're not damaged goods. Don't listen to the lie that you have nothing to offer anybody else, that God can't use me. And sometimes we get stuck in our past and we get stuck in our wounds and we spend our time crying out, God, why me? God, why did you allow this to happen? Why, God? And we don't understand it and we can't make sense of it, but God can come along and take our hurts and our tribulation and our trials and our pain and he can use us to begin to comfort those who are around us. And you have a unique testimony of God's overcoming grace in your life and I want to challenge you to rise above your wounds and begin to bring healing as only a mother can to your kids and to those who are around you. God's plan is that we receive his mercy and we receive his healing. Uh, and when you begin to get into the, what the grace of God is really all about, then he will release you to forgive those who've hurt you. You see, if you hang on to that unforgiveness, if you hold on to that bitterness, God can never use you. Uh, but as soon as you begin to release them and forgive them and let your past go, all of a sudden the love of God will begin to pour into your life and spill out to others around you. But if you can't forgive, 
You hang on to it. God can't flow his mercy and grace and forgiveness through you. Be generous with the comfort that God has given you. The second thing is we need to rise above the demands to inspire and encourage others. It's not always easy being a mother. It's not easy being a lady in today's society. And it's easy to get so bogged down in my duties and my responsibilities uh, that I miss those special, unique opportunities to touch my family. So busy doing the chores and the work that you are flat, worn out. Don't... Allow the pressure and crush of this life keep you from being a loving, generous person who lets the light of Christ shine. Mothers, there are going to be times you need to rest and get away for yourself to renew yourself so that you can effectively minister to your kids. Take time, the Bible says, to renew your mind with the washing of the water of the word of God. And so you get the word of God in your spirit and you feast on the Lord Jesus Christ and you spend time in his presence. And if as you don't neglect that devotional time and that time alone with God, God renews you, he refreshes you so then you can be effective to be that treasure to the rest of your family. Let yourself be renewed. Don't let the, the, the duties that bog you down and weigh you down. And number three, rise above your fears and your insecurities and inferiorities to release God's love. To release God's love. Uh, Satan wants to keep that treasure locked inside of you. He wants to keep that deep inside of you so no one else knows or no one else sees what's going on. But as long as you focus on self and you begin to question, well, how will I be received? And what if I fail? And how can I do it? And will I be accepted? And what if I get it wrong? And what if it doesn't work out? The treasure stays inside of you and it's of no good to anybody else. It's time to break that pot of your fears and insecurities and inferiorities and distractions and wounds and those things that hold you back and release it and let the love of Jesus Christ flow through you to touch others all around you. Decide to allow God's life to breathe through you in acts of love and kindness and put your faith in him, not in your own abilities, not in your own skills. You see, it's Christ who lives in me. So you let it go and you let God begin to work in you and begin to work through you. The Bible says love never fails. Now faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. And so you've got to rise above that insecurity that says I can't do it. And I don't have what it takes. And God can't possibly use me. Uh, and there, there, there's no way that I can move. What if I mess up? And what if I goof up? Rise above that. And let the love of Christ flow out and be generous in showing that love. God has placed something wonderful and powerful inside of you to bless your children. And when you begin to bless your children, it not only goes to your children, it goes to the next generation and the next generation. And all the way down the line, because you are establishing a godly heritage based on love, the presence of God in your life. Choose to give it away every day. Choose to be generous with that gift 
that God has given you. Make it a lifestyle choice that every day, God, I'm going to love and bless my family, and you'll find joy in this kind of a lifestyle. Thanks for listening. For more, check out faithishere.org.